This week's is very special. We have Matt here. So for those of you who don't know, Matt is the other half of Padilla Media. So he is the brains and the magic and the one who makes all the work come to life. So I'm super grateful to have him here. Matt and I have worked together for, God, like six years or something. We met as little babies at Pop Sugar and didn't know what we were doing and learned how to create digital video together. And then when I went to E, um, I brought Matt along with me, and so we worked through that together. And then when I decided it was time to leave and start Padilla, Matt came along for the ride. So I'm super grateful to have him. I wouldn't be able to do anything that I create or do without him. He is invaluable, and I'm so excited to get to interview you and for everyone to get to hear all the important gems inside your head. So, just to bring everyone up to speed, can you tell us a little bit about your career and what you're currently working on and all of those things? Sure. Yeah, I started um, in New York, grew up, uh, started making like skateboard videos as a kid. Um, so it's something that's been like really interesting to me, but I never really thought about it in any like serious way. It was always just for fun. Um, got into music, started getting really into music production, recording, mixing, all that stuff. Um, eventually went to school for that, moved out to LA, started doing music, started getting more into video stuff just because um, the way the internet is and now like everything is so visual that like a lot of the music stuff I was working on had such a visual element that I was kind of like pushed into that um, and it's just something that you know I kept getting into more and more I ended up doing a PA job in LA that kind of led to an assistant editing job which led to like an editing job and you know with that came a lot of freelance projects and just yeah, yeah. A couple of years of editing now, and uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. It's really cool to be able to like use creativity and create something that didn't exist before or only existed in someone's head, and kind of make that into something that's real. And try to communicate these things. Um, there's so much reach with the internet that like I don't know. There's so much opportunity to like reach so many people that it's just cool to be a part of that. Awesome. And what are you working on now? Right now, I'm working full-time at World Surf League, um, cutting a lot of their social media content. I do a lot of social content for freelance projects, um, personal projects. I'm kind of like getting more into videography and filming and kind of trying to learn a little bit more about that aspect since I've been mostly on the post-production side. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot of the stuff with Paidea now, trying to make a lot of these tools and resources more known. A lot of these, like, techniques about how to, like, create these videos and try to, like, share that knowledge with people. So that's kind of, like, the next big 
the next big thing. Next big thing. Yeah. So you and I have been working together on the Padilla Media Business Solutions Kit for a few months now, and it is finally going live next week. So yay, guys, get ready. It's all happening, which is exciting. Um, and in the kit, we really take a lot of time to lay out how to create a visual signature and why that's so important. So tell me why you think a, it's important for a brand or an individual to have a visual signature and kind of what that is and also why is that so important for the digital space? I think it's super important in the digital space because there's so much noise and there's so much content being created that if there's not something that kind of triggers you to say like, oh, I've kind of seen this before, I know it's associated with this one brand or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think there's some really good examples of this, like one being Spotify. If you see a billboard that has like an artist on it and it's kind of like black and white or maybe some like monochromatic with like a color overlay and some like colorful shapes, you'll know instantly it's a Spotify thing without ever like seeing their logo. Um, just the way they treat their imagery, the way it's all very unified within one visual language, all of their media, all of their content. I think they do a really strong job of that, and I think that's a great example of why it's important, because it just creates more brand awareness and more, yeah, association in your mind. Yeah, and I think it's all about helping people understand what about your brand is connecting to their lives and how they're how it's making them feel and how you're making them feel as a consumer when they're interacting with you and you're doing all of that through your visuals because most people are connecting with your brand at this point in a very visual way so it's on Instagram it's through the website it's in targeted ads it's you know whatever there are all these different options but very little of it is text and very little of it is audio so I think it's so important that your visual signature is really clear and that people know it's you and they know what you're about without ever having to read anything and they know that it makes them feel a certain way and they want to come back and be a part of that larger community because of how it makes them feel when they see your content. Um, so I think kind of it jumps into our next question. What are the three most important things that a brand or individual needs to take into consideration when creating their visual signature or their vibe for their content? I think three really important things to consider are what you want people to feel when they're either consuming your content or using your product or, uh, yeah, using your content or the product or whatever your content is relating to. Like, if you're an adventure company that's making, like, backpacks for hiking, you know, you want to try to convey that feeling that people get when they, like, get to the top of the mountain. And, like, you know, things like that to try to associate the feelings that people get, like, the real human emotions with what you're trying to do. And the second thing would be, um, I guess, like, what type of, like, I don't know, what type of era you're trying to, if you want to be yeah. modern, if you want to be kind of like a heritage, nostalgic kind of thing. Um, well, and I think that brings it back to the emotion, too. Yeah. So, like, the way that you choose your visuals and the way that you layer those visuals together 
it's either evoke a sense of nostalgia, so you're bringing people back to a time when life was more simple and they didn't have as many worries and they weren't stressed out, maybe the way that they are now. Yeah. Or you're doing something on purpose that's more modern and harder and the lines are more clean and simple and minimalist, and that's evoking a different set of emotions, maybe one of, of just a simpler, more streamlined life, and this fits into that kind of existence. So it's really about figuring out those anchors and how those anchors tell the story of your brand. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the other considerations that people maybe get really focused on is kind of like trends and what's trending right now. Um, there's a lot of like 2D, really simplistic stuff that's trending right now, which can be really effective, but it can also not be the right look for your brand. It's like, if you're someone like uh, like Levi's or something, you're maybe not going to have that like super clean, minimalistic look. Like you're going to go with something that's a little more like rustic and, you know, calling to your legacy as a brand. And I mean, as a new brand, you have a lot more flexibility, but those are the considerations, you know, if you're making... Uh, I don't know. I don't really know any good examples. But, no, but I think yeah. what you're saying is really important, that you think of your visuals as the way to tell the story of your brand without having to say anything at all, instead of trying to use your visuals to be cool yeah. or to be trendy or to be whatever, because that is going to change. It's yeah. always What's trendy is always going to change. And what's cool today is maybe super out of date and looks really ridiculous six months from now, but if you're consistently telling the story the authentic story of your brand through your visuals, you can pepper in a little bit of what's cool and nod to it and like let your audience know like, hey, we understand what's relevant. Like we're like we're cool, but it doesn't have to be we're cool all the time 24-7. Yeah, and I think the third thing that I think is important is just consistency and like picking something and really like sticking to that and not saying like this one thing I want it to be super glitchy and I want it to be really like fast and cutty and really complex and then this other thing is just you know one 30 second clip with just like one graphic on it yeah. that has no any transitions or anything I think consistency is something that really like anchors the brand yeah. and creates this like I don't know, just like a bigger impact because your content is being well, unified and glued together. Your visuals become collective. Yeah. So it's the power of that collective experience for the consumer instead of it feeling like a hot mess and it's just like 65 different things like thrown into this one mm. big vat and you're expected as a consumer to figure it out for yourself, yeah. which isn't what you want as a brand. Like that's not how you want to communicate to your to your viewers. Which I think leads us perfectly into our next question. So you and I have worked on so many different kinds of videos and different video campaigns and different projects for all sorts of different brands of all different sizes and all of that stuff. And we've seen video come out and it's been super effective. And the brand has really managed the content in a way that feels connected and feels engaging and inspires their community. And then we've seen the flip side to that, yeah. where the content comes out and it just feels 
flat. It doesn't hit the notes that you would hope it would hit, and it doesn't inspire you to engage with the brand, and it's not inspiring you to learn more about them or learn more about the content itself. So what are some of the things that you think make content really sing and really shine and connect with the consumer? And what are some things that you would maybe hazard people to stay away from when thinking about creating their digital video content? I think one of the big obvious ones that jumps out to me is just subtle branding, not being really in your face about products, being more about conveying an experience and conveying like genuine humanity rather than like uh, an advertisement kind of thing. And it's really obvious, I think, to a lot of people when you're watching ads and you just emotionally connect with some more than others. And I think a lot of people will just feel that instinctually. So that's something that's really important to just think about and not think about like how you're going to display the product in this really beautiful way or not how to like do whatever it is to highlight the product itself in a promotional thing like there is a time and place for that but I think like an Instagram ad is usually like not necessarily the place for that well, and I think connecting the product to an emotional yeah. experience in the video makes that product resonate with you and resonate with the consumer in a way that a hard and fast sale ad isn't going to be able to achieve. Yeah. Because you don't stay as engaged and you know that it's a commercial. And yeah. we've been so programmed at this point to fast forward through commercials. You know? Yeah. Thanks, TiVo. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, why do you want to sit there and watch a commercial? But if you're watching a piece of content that actually has added value to it, and maybe that added value is a story, or it's telling you about a charity that you were never aware of before, or it's, tell- it's taking you on a behind the scenes experience like there are all kinds of different things where the story itself is the added value and the product is just casually over here in the corner and you see it as a consumer and you know it's there but it doesn't need to be in your face every minute of the day I think a really good example of this too is there was an ad for I don't know if it was Sherwin-Williams or some paint company and rather than like show someone like painting a fence or like whatever doing some paint related task um, it was very much like an abstract look at like paint underwater in slow motion so relying more on just like a really cool and unique visual experience that is maybe feeling more like a music video or more like or like a piece of art like a piece of art rather than an ad but like because it's so visually engaging and interesting it just makes you say like what is that who made it like what is that and it kind of can drive people to the place where you're actually going to give the specific information about the product the details all the stuff that is not going to shine in like a 15 second Facebook ad or something so I think that's cool just providing like some really cool value like making something that's really just really cool and fun yeah and that's something people respond to. Totally. And I think that's I think that's a really important point is that don't be afraid to experiment mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to take your product and your brand outside of its usual box and maybe put it somewhere that you wouldn't necessarily think off the top of your head to include it. 
but if you allow it the space to breathe there and to be there in the background and maybe not be the absolute focus of everything about the video, it, you'll find that it can shine and you'll find that it becomes more engaging because you've taken it out of what people are expecting. You know, with a paint ad, you're expecting to see someone painting something, you know, it's like, oh, it's Saturday morning, gotta paint this fence, like it's on my to-do list. And it's transformed yeah. itself into a radically different place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think the other one is like, try not to do them all at once, like stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. So pick a vibe and pick, pick something and kind of go with it for a minute. And don't feel like you need to do one piece of content like this and one piece of content like that, another one over here. Yeah. Like, kind of pick your vibe in your lane and stick there for a minute and give it three months. Mm -hmm. You know, give it some time to actually grow a little bit and transform. Video is a living thing, you know, it's gonna evolve, it's yeah. gonna change, and it should. And if it's not going the way that you want, reevaluate and make some tweaks and changes and yeah. change lanes at that point. But the continuous jumping from vibe to vibe to vibe makes it look like you don't know who you are and you don't you're not clear about what your visual story is. Yeah. And even on like a really simplified basic level um, just even something as simple as like sticking with one typeface or sticking with like two or three colors um, and just kind of using really simple things that will be consistent and kind of create this visual language. Um, you can take it as far as you want, but I think there's, you know, certain things where it's just like using one typeface for something helps so much. Yeah. Well, and, and I think from yeah. a workflow perspective too, because yeah. at the end of the day, time is money. And simplifying your process helps you make more content for less money. Mm -hmm. So that's always a good thing too. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about editing for a moment. Mm -hmm. So the shoot and the quality of that footage from the shoot and all of your preparation and all of that work on the back end are really important parts of making successful video content. The third part of that triangle is the editor and is your edit, and that edit needs to be really strong. And I think a lot of people are maybe not quite as clear as how important that edit part of the puzzle is. So can you tell us a little bit more about why it's so important to invest in a good editor and sort of what the relationship with the editor and what they put into the video really is? Because it's a lot more than just like cutting chunks and like slapping them together. Yeah. I think something that people don't really think about that an editor brings to the table is another perspective. Um, it's, you know, it's possible to like get by and doing this stuff yourself if you don't want uh, something that's visually super impactful or if you have like unlimited time to do stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just one of those things that an editor will bring so much that like you can bring an editor like three minutes of something that you think might be almost done and then come back the next day and it's like 45 seconds and it just feels like completely refreshed and 
little stuff like that, being able to see something and like there might be something that you're particularly attached to, even though it might not be relevant to the story you're trying to tell. And I think having an editor there can be one of those things that can help eliminate some of these things that aren't really essential to the message you're trying to send. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen this a lot where people get really attached to something or like I really want this thing, I really want this one scene because it feels like really funny on its own, but it's not necessarily helping the story or helping the message get across. It's just yeah. kind of like random feeling to an outsider, and it's like kind of like inside joke. You know, it's like funny to people who like were there, but it's not necessarily that funny to people who weren't. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think also it's maybe not as known that the editor is really your other creative collaborator. So your DP who's shooting the video, the producer and director, and your video editor are the three points of contact that are making the creative work and are making the creative come to life, and they all have a hand in it, and they all put a little bit of their own mark on that work, and it's about finding an editor that you can collaborate with who can see your artistic vision and help you get there in the fewest number of steps, because the fewer the number of steps in the video, the more successful that piece of content is going to be. You want everything to be concise. You want things to be short, but you don't want to make it feel short and choppy. You want to give it enough time to breathe and like have a life. So you need someone who understands how to strike that balance. So it's beautiful and it's visually engaging, but it's also telling a story in a way that makes the viewer want to stick around to see the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot of the storytelling aspect and... Also, a lot of the technical aspects that people a lot of times overlook. Yeah. That, you know, not knowing the specific um, specifications for, like, Instagrams or Facebook or, like, what's optimal for these situations. Like, how do you know what export settings to use? How do you know what size to make things? How do you know how to color correct things to make things that were too dark bright enough without Uh making them look, like, blown out and just ineffective? And I think audio balancing and is a big audio one too. too. That's you know, like a huge. If you spend all this time struggle. on a video and upload it, and then you know no one can hear it, it's really just a waste, a, um, a missed opportunity. So I think having people there that can kind of be up to speed on like all these different technical things, um, and and don't get me wrong, it's not something that like a lot of people can do this and figure it out like most of the time but the consistency is something that's really important and I think to a lot of people having that consistency is something that can take their brand and their messaging to the next level Um, because it's not something like oh you're going to play an ad and it's just going to be so loud that it's just going to be like whoa turn this off get it away from me Um, just having everything where it's like feels good to watch looks good sounds good is easy to watch yeah those are the things that no matter how good your story is sometimes that can really turn people off from getting through the video I think the other key thing that we work on a lot and that we've worked together on in projects and 
continue to work on year after year after year and just get better at it is cutting the content in such a way that you're hooking people in the beginning to watch it. That first five second marker in any video is the most critical time. It's when people decide, am I going to stick around and watch this video or am I going to turn this off and move on to whatever's next? And knowing how to edit and lay cuts in in such a way that visually hook people and get them engaged and get them excited about the content and make them want to stick around and watch it is so important and it's a learned skill. It's not something that you can just wake up tomorrow and know how to do. And it's something that we still work on and we still are getting better at and should be forever, I guess. <laughs> and there's no like clear cut science to exactly how you do it and it becomes like a feeling and an emotion and I know for us when we watch a cut we know if it's right or we know if it's wrong or we know like we need to tighten it. It's not quite right or oh it feels too choppy now we need to give it more breathing space. And that's just years of trial and error, but you're hiring someone to create the way people interact with your brand and the way it makes them feel, and it's important to have someone who... Or... Let me see your reel. Let me see your reel. Even if it's not a reel, a lot of editors nowadays... ...feeling and an emotion, and I know for us... ...feeling and an emotion, and I know for us... ...feeling and an emotion, and I know for us... ...feeling and an emotion, and I know for us... ...feeling and an emotion feeling and an emotion and I know for us when we watch a cut we know if it's right or we know if it's wrong or we know like we need to tighten it it's not quite right or oh it feels too choppy feeling and an emotion and I know for us feeling and an emotion feeling and an emotion and I know for us when we feeling and an feeling and an emotion and I know for us when we watch a cut we know if it's right or we know if it's wrong or we know like we need to tighten it it's not quite right or oh it feels too choppy now we need to give it more breathing space and that's just years of trial and error but you're hiring someone to create the way people interact with your brand and the way it makes them feel and it's important to have someone who understands how to take the paints from that palette and put them on the canvas in a way that's going to make people feel a certain way. For sure. And I think there's like different degrees of it too where, you know, there's some people who are just getting into this like influencers or whatever who, you know, maybe have been cutting their own content for a while but they want to like get to that next level. But it's not showing their ability to like tell a story. Yeah. So just seeing kind of like what they've done before and seeing their range of work can really help you figure out if they have what it takes to like do what you're trying to do like for example if you're you know went on this like sailing trip and you your brand is like making something for sailboats or whatever like you'll probably want to find an editor who's had experience doing those sort of things and knows like how to make that really shine um visually like you know, get some drone shots over the water and like whatever, all this type of stuff that is stylistically relevant to that market. Like, you'll see this with like different adventure videos. Um, the type of shots and pacing is totally different than what you would get for like a fashion video or, you know, even a beauty video or like, you know, a food company if you're making like granola bars or something. Like, that's going to be way different the way you portray that visually than if someone was just doing like, uh, I don't know, tutorials or something right. in their free time. So. And I also would say though, like, ask 
the editor what they like to work on in their free time because a lot of editors maybe work at an agency to pay the bills and they're doing like brand campaigns and all of that but then in their spare time they like to shoot skater videos or they do music videos or you know they do other work and so maybe what's on their website is really their professional face and maybe not exactly what they work on on the back end so it's good to see like what they do but there are different editors for different styles of content and different lanes you know and like some might really love like fashion and street fashion and that stuff some might be great for tutorials and beauties some might really love to shoot and edit I mean not shoot but edit like music videos and that kind of stuff or you know they're more traditional like television style editors that put together news packages and it just depends on like what your story is and what you are trying to tell and how you're trying to tell it but also like where their area of expertise is yeah and I think the other thing that's happening now that people maybe aren't totally aware of is that the expectations for editors are changing rapidly um, you know, where previously you might have been able to get by, just an editor would strictly only be cutting the footage that's already been organized and already been laid out. You know, it's really important to communicate with your editor to see if they are of this kind of mindset or if they are like skilled in Photoshop, yeah. uh, reasonably skilled in like After Effects, can help you with graphics, can help you with still photos, can help you. And it's not necessarily being a master in all those things, but, like, having an editor that is flexible enough to be able to, like, do some of those things. If you're, you know, say a brand that's starting out and trying to establish a visual identity but maybe doesn't have the budget to hire a graphic designer, to hire whatever, like, you know, some editors will be able to help with that. Um, And that's something that's worth clarifying before you get involved because you can run into a situation where I've seen this before that like having friends that get a job and their you know their client is expecting all this heavy heavy graphics work or like heavy uh, visual effects work and you know this person being like well I'm an editor I only use an editing program like I don't do photo I don't do graphics I don't do any of this stuff so that's really important to you. Like, if that's not the, if you expect every editor to do those things, that's not really the reality. It is becoming more common, but it's not the reality. So, like, you just have to really clarify like what the expectations are before committing to an editor, because, um, you know, it's nothing worse than being like a week out from a deadline and realizing you're gonna have to hire three other people to get something done. Yeah. And or stay up, you know, two nights in a row and try to learn a graphic program and do it yourself. Yeah, no, that's brutal. And yeah. It just can save you a lot of headaches down the road just to like communicate these things before starting. I think a lot of people don't realize too that Traditionally, there is a post-producer who sits with the editor, and you guys edit that content together. So, like, for the Padilla stuff, Matt and I sit together and work together and, you know, make decisions together and go through and troubleshoot different issues and, like, figure that out as a team. And because, you know, like, a lot of Matt's job is the technical end, and a lot of my job is the big picture, like, what story are we telling? What points do we need to tell and what can we leave out? Oh, we need to make sure we show this in this way. We need to, oh, we shouldn't show this. It seems toned up now. You know, like, 
I'm kind of there helping like lay out what the overall big moment picture needs to be and Matt's in there in the granular details like making everything come together and like come to life and that process is increasingly changing too I feel like a lot of people think the editor just sort of takes this raw footage and then magically like puts a spell on it and a video emerges from Mm -hmm. that magic moment and that's not how it happens at all so I think being clear on the upfront like what are your responsibilities what are your capabilities and this is how much time I have to devote to post because if it's your video and your vision and your company you need to be present in the edit bay to make sure that things are going along the way that you want them to go and that includes Includes like making notes from everything, having all the notes from the shoot, picking out the sound bites that you want to use, and tailoring those, and trimming those, and making sure you pick out what product shot you want. You shot 20 different angles on this bottle. What's the angle you want to use? You know, and like yeah. being able to have a conversation with your editor and be like, I'm looking to make this vibe, and I want it to feel this way. And then you guys work together to make that happen. Yeah, it's not all on the editor to just like yeah. poof, and there it is. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because <laughs> also time is money. Yeah. And the more time you have to be in charge of those decisions, the more time it takes, ergo, the more money that edit costs. Yeah, and the more notes there's going to be, and it just it leads to the uh, chain reaction. Yeah. So, like, the more you can give an editor in the beginning, even if it's as simple as organizing all the clips into labeled folders of, like, this is all the B-roll, this is the interview, this is, like, the product stuff. Yeah. Something as simple as that goes a long way. Um, yeah. yeah, just being open and communicating the expectations because not communicating expectations is something that can it can result in some unfortunate situations. Yeah, it, for sure. Well, we actually have a question that someone DMs. So um, one of our viewers is going to be shooting some content for herself on her phone and editing that in iMovie. Mm-hmm. And her colors are black and white. Mm-hmm. And she wants to find a way to kind of work black and white into the videos that she's going to be creating at home. So those videos are probably going to be like a minute, maybe two minutes, mm-hmm. usually living on Instagram or on her website. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some ideas that you have where she can easily incorporate some of that and help visually brand yeah. herself a little bit? Well, it's hard to know without seeing what the footage of the plan, kind of like what what you have to work with, but something that could be really cool to do is, you know, if it's someone talking to camera, um, you could keep that in color and then have B-roll moments sprinkled in over the top that are black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another way to do it where maybe having everything just be in color but then having a few like funny candid moments kind of cut to a few like funny moments in black and white um, just to create kind of like pull it back out into like this sort of like behind the scenes like funny feel or not it could be anything it could be serious it could be whatever but just creating this contrast between um, your messaging so if you're communicating about the product and being kind of like technical and whatever and then going to like a shot of someone outside like using it or like whatever like cut to black and white mix it up don't be afraid to like mix things up 
something like that I think can be really useful or if you're trying to incorporate still photos to maybe just make the still photos black and white and keep the rest of the video in color um, I was thinking graphics too like if you do a title card and you do like a white square and with black print and then for your like talent ID or any graphics that you have throughout the video maybe those are on like a semi opacity black with white text on them yeah. so it's like you're finding a way to thread black and white through the content but it's not so like jarring yeah. drastic yeah it's definitely one of those things where you know black and white when people think of footage in black and white it turns a lot of people off but there's a lot of really cool ways to insert it into a video that is you know just a normal color video and just putting in these little black and white moments that kind of like bring in a different perspective and I've, the most the ways I've seen this the most effectively used is like the example I gave where it's maybe like funny kind of behind the scenes b-roll of like an interview and then maybe they'll cut to like a really wide camera where you can see the lights you can see kind of some people around and that's black and white and then it comes back into where it's just like the head and color on like a solid background um, so just trying to use contrast is something that's really effective. Yeah. And I would, overall. I would say it's definitely a case of like, you're probably going to have to try a few things out, see how it goes, and like keep tweaking it until you find that vibe that really works. And don't be afraid. Like, you're not going to mess it up. Yeah. It's fine. If it doesn't work, big woo. Like, next time, do something different. Yeah. So, I mean, we've made some stuff that I hope never sees the light of day again. <laughs> <laughs> But, sure. you know, you got to try it out. So I think just don't be afraid to, like, mess yeah. with it a little bit. Or something, too, another cool idea is, you know, you can put a graphic right over the video, just the text, or you can also have just a solid background, like a solid white background with a graphic on it, and just cut to, like, no video, just a solid white with black, or a solid black with white, and that'll be your graphic, and then come back into the content. Yeah, and so maybe flip-flop those throughout, yeah. so some are black on white, and some are white on black. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but I think kind of just... You know, thinking about composition, thinking about things, mm -hmm. thinking about design techniques that have been effective for the last hundred years, and trying to like use those, um, just like, yeah, contrast, using negative space, really like making things visually interesting in a way that like if you just pause it on a on a still frame, it'll like still look Not nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. It's been for the bomb. Sure. Um, where can people find you and follow you and all that stuff? Well, um, not like super big on social media, but um, I'm starting to do a little more uh, personal projects that I post up on there. A lot of like adventure type stuff, um, nature, camping, that type of thing. So it's Matt Hogan. Under, underscore Matt Hogan on Instagram and matthoganproductions.com yep. for my website if you're curious to see any videos and, and yeah. the Padilla Media Business, Padilla Media Solutions, Business Cat. Solutions Cat cut by you know, this guy so many hours of work so go check that out it comes out next week so next Wednesday live and in action on the website so padillamedia.com go get it
it's awesome. Um, we'll have links on our Instagram, all that stuff. will be like a big launch. So stay tuned, and then you can check out all of Matt's work on that. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. We're It's been fun. I hope you learned something. Um, DM us if you have any other questions. We're always happy to answer them. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday at 1230.